but yeah, um, dude, I really appreciate you hopping on um, again for this episode of the Record Spinner podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Noel, and with me we have, I'm just going to say co-host, we have uh, the co-host, <laughs> Ryan Claren is in the house hey. today, and today hey. we are going to talk about audio turntable setup, um, quality sound. Yeah. Turntable setup, all the just turntable stuff. Yeah. We're talking about turntable turntable stuff today, Ryan. Yeah, and, for um, sure. And we have you in the house to kind of break some of this stuff down for us. Um, let us know what what it is we're looking for. I have a question right off the rip before we oh, get you know, in. Before for uh, before we start, before. do you have it recorded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, recording on on my uh, pod track P4. Okay. Uh, I'll start recording here though. Give me one second. Yeah. Recording in progress. We have Ryan in the house talking about uh, turntable setup. Turntable quality, we know he is our resident audiophile, so he knows all the good stuff. Uh, we trust him. Um, we also love him here at the Record Spinner Podcast. Uh, we've talked a brief bit before the show started, but I just want to ask again, Ryan, how are you doing today, man? Doing good, doing good. Enjoying summer. As a lot of you out there know, uh, I'm a teacher, public school teacher, so once it hits June, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> party doing time. my thing, yeah. But then the two kids that I got at the at the house, they they bring me back down to earth. So. <laughs> uh, not quite free yet, not quite free yet, but yeah. Awesome, awesome. How did you uh, How did you enjoy Record Store Day? Before we get into to some turntable stuff, yeah. Um, well, number one, I didn't participate. <laughs> um, my uh, one of my um, fellow music buddies, uh, he um, he was he he had a couple of buddies um, at his. He had invited a couple of buddies to his house. Mm -hmm. He had gotten like a new patio and got some new patio furniture. And I had never seen this dude's patio. I guess it was in such bad shape. He was so embarrassed to like even bring people out there wow. to his back patio. Wow. And then he got it renovated. And he invited people, and then like I had like that choice, like man, but today's record store day. But I was like, no, nah, you know, this is no, nah, I'm I'm supporting my buddy. He's inviting all his, and this was like one of his first like social gatherings, mm -hmm. um, from when the pandemic all started. Yeah, yeah. So I came out there, and then like an hour in the conversation, he's like, hey, isn't today record store day? I'm like, yeah. He's like, wow, you didn't go today. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm here for you, dude. That's awesome. And like he's like gotcha but you know to be like we had talked about this before um in in the in the intro and in the pre-up mm -hmm. like record store day has such a commercialization aspect to it now yeah. whereas like obviously there's there's quality stuff there's quality companies but i think once you've gone through a couple of record store days as a consumer uh that that's a very it could be a lot of so yeah, yeah it can just be a thing so i um all the record store day stuff I picked up was like after the fact because mm. you're able to still find stuff online all the time the week yeah. after like I told you when I was on vacation um, I stopped by a, a record store on vacation and they still had tons of quality record store day stuff mm -hmm. so I really didn't need to uh, I made the right choice in being with my buddy and our buddies and just chilling on the patio having a drink enjoying the weather and all that kind of so i made the right choice that's awesome man that shows what type of friend you are too man like i, I need people around like like you man like that's dedication right there because uh for a friend that definitely knows your hobby your your place your happy place 
Yeah. And for you to be like, yeah, forget that happy place today. I'm going to hang out with the blood. Like, that's a yeah. good friend, bro. Because <laughs> I can't say I would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, just a, a quick re, re up on the note that, uh, that you can find a lot of, of the vinyl or uh, record store day releases, special releases. You can find them at record stores after record store day. I went over to Birdland um, because I told everyone the story already about uh, my time at HR on record store day this was the first time i've celebrated record store day i didn't buy any record store day exclusives however i did go over to hr records over here in uh, brightwood park in dc um but afterwards like a few days after maybe maybe it was even a whole week after um i went over to uh birdland just to see just to, you know I, that's my neighborhood shop so you know it's right over here um near union market if people know anything about dc um and so i went over there and i was talking to the owner and there were lots of they had they still had crates full of you know record store day exclusives so yeah i don't give up on them if if that's where you're if that's where your yeah. niche is right now so they're still out there you know the only other thing that just kind of popped in my mind mm -hmm. was so after record store day you know when i would when i would visit my locals or like when i was on vacation i went to this record store but i think i visited since record store day I've, I've had a chance to visit maybe three or four record stores mm -hmm. you know and i always like to ask them like how's your record store day how's yeah, your record store day too, yeah. and, I, and i kid you not every single one every single owner was like man man like you could tell like it's rough for them yeah 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 <laughs> it's because a lot of it's a lot of stress it's a lot of time consumption yes and uh, there was not one response where I was like, oh, it was great. It was awesome. We had such a good time. Like you can tell like they're, they're drained. Well, they're just like, like one guy just started looking down at the floor and started <laughs> just wait, nodding That's his hilarious. head. And like, he didn't have to say anything. I just like knew like, well, oh, it's, it it's just such a difference for, I think the nature of record stores now, right? Like we think of them as almost yeah. like how we think of antique shops almost. Yeah. So like we, you know, it's a, it's a slow traffic. Uh, venue you know like yeah. in dc and, and in chicago and places where there are a lot of people like right like you get a lot of thoroughfare you get a lot of mm -hmm. foot traffic but it's still not a lot right you, know, you get people just trickling in all the time right yeah and so with that like with when, when record store day i don't know why i want to call it vinyl store day but when when record store day comes around like you get lines of people floods of people that are just like like i know in hr like like i said it was packed like i've never seen this place like this birdland probably was the same some probably was the same and it's good for business it's great mm -hmm. for business which is I, I think the the best part however i mean like you said it can take a toll on on the staff and, and the yeah. owners it's it's not yeah. fun I, I was talking to the owner at birdland and they had some thievery happen over, oh. over here yeah man some people yeah. who were checking out records and did the old bait yeah. switch yeah. and it was crazy taking oh. taking advantage of the scenario where yeah. it's crazy yep. and there's all sorts of yeah yep and so you know like that and when that happens man that is that sucks and i did a whole show i just want to say this before we get into the show sorry <laughs> but i did a whole show i did a whole episode around um the bag policy here in dc and mm. why it needs to be abolished um, and you know, after the owner, um, of Birdland told me what had happened, I was like, man, that sucks. But, and I was telling her like, I, you know, I, I did this thing and, uh, where I talked about, you know, the bag policy and, and, you know, and having the whole, you know, having the whole community, uh, 
rise around this thing where like i don't think it's fair to ask people for their bags when they come into the store and she was like yeah i agree with that and i was like wow you still agree with that even though you just experienced this crazy thing she was like yeah because first of all they didn't even have any bags they came in and like just took the stuff and that sucks but like you know you really can't prevent stuff like that mm -hmm. you know you can try but you know i don't want to have security guards i don't want to be you know, harassing people who are just browsing around yeah. um but you know there's it's just really just one of those weird gray areas but you know um i don't support thieves and <laughs> i don't <laughs> and i don't support i don't support the bag policy either but but there is there definitely has to be some middle ground with that um i'm sure there's something but i'm not the person to ask anyway ryan Let's, nope. I want to ask first, what, who, who are we talking to today? Who are we no, that's trying great. to, who are we trying to appeal to? Who are we trying to hit today? So, um, I, that's a great question. Cause you know, I did all these notes and then like at the very end of all my notes, I was like, so who am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. I do that all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, the, and the way that I framed it kind of just going into this was, you know, for anyone out there into vinyl, regardless of experience, um, you know, not like what are some things that you can do now with your current setup to ensure optimized, optimal operation and sound quality from the gear that you have? Or if you're someone that is looking to purchase new gear or upgrade gear, what are some things to look for or pay attention to uh, when it comes to um, shopping around and finding kind of quality gear. So on the surface, I think it's going to appeal more to people um, that are just getting into the vinyl game or have been into vinyl and have a vinyl setup for a couple years now. Um, but I think even for someone that has been that has that has been into vinyl for a very long period of time i'm hoping that they'll find some nuggets or some different points that you'll hear through this podcast that um, may be of benefit and of use well i can definitely i can definitely attest to that reading through um the the whole notes that you wrote for the show um i have to give you so much credit first of all for for all of your thoughts on this and secondly i have to say yes i think people are going to take something away from this episode um, that will be very beneficial um, around turntables and setup um, because I took something away from this. Like I didn't know about like things like the brush. You're you're not a big fan of of the stylus brush. You think that hey, like if you take care of the record, actually, you shouldn't need a stylus brush. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna get into that. Uh, mm -hmm. But the first question I do want to ask is mm -hmm. what to look for in a quality turntable. What is what is a quality turntable? explain yeah so um you know first off like the, the foundational like quote-unquote audiophile philosophy and perspective more often than not is like how do you get the sound from the source which is like the record or the cd or the digital stream whatever whatever the sources you're sourcing your music from like one of the basic quote unquote audiophile philosophies and tenets is that how do you get that sound from the source to your ears in as like pure and direct and as unadulterated a manner as possible. 
uh, with as minimal distortion and with as minimal noise, because that's basically what you're trying to capture. Like mm -hmm. the audio file is trying to capture the sound uh, from the studio or from the live setting. And they're basically trying to recreate that. So what makes that challenging in the vinyl world is that the the source, the turntable, um, is is a very it's a it's a very mechanical thing, mm -hmm. right? So in the same way that like you know a car is a mechanical thing, you know, like in the audiophile world, you always see car comparisons. It they drive me crazy <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like, why are you comparing a car to the a Cadillac piece, of to, to like to like a to like a musical toy like yeah, no but you know one of the areas where the whole car audiophile comparisons actually somewhat makes sense when it comes to turntables and vinyl because mm -hmm. like you know like all uh, the car that you get will get you from point a to b yes like doesn't matter you know whatever the money is but there are certain mechanical things that you should pay attention to for a car mm -hmm. like you want to make sure it's safe you mm -hmm. want to make sure that when you do have to put repairs into the car that the, the repair cost is like manageable that yep. you can source parts yep. to do yep. all those things so um audio files out there that have annoyed me for many years comparing audio file gear to cars <laughs> and you've always irritated me when it comes to the actual turntables there are some compares there are some aspects that do make sense because the turntable is like a mechanical thing mm -hmm. so like one of the first things I look for in a quality turntable is like how steady it is mm -hmm. and how solid it is and how stable it is. Okay. Because some of these turntables out there, like just by like touching them and feeling them, mm -hmm. they're like, they're very rickety. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the reason why they might be, feel rickety is because the quality of the feet that are underneath. Um, also yeah. like the, they call it the plinth P L I N T H. That's like the chassis, the actual, mm -hmm. like, body of the turntable um you know really quality turntables um you know that plinth is going to feel very stable and very solid to oh, like it's going to be heavier for lack of a better word like the heavier a turntable traditionally yeah. the the more quality it is um so that that's 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 a big piece and then one of the other more important pieces is just like the the tone arm so okay. the tone arm itself making sure that it has some adjustment features on it yeah. because you're going to want to put a cartridge on it that allows you to dial it in, mm -hmm. um, set what's known as the vertical, vertical tracking force yes, to make yes, sure yes. it puts the proper, the healthy amount of pressure mm -hmm. of, from the stylus onto the groove of the record. So some of the, some of the beginning turntables out there have zero adjustments. No, so you want to stay away from those. Yeah. Um, but you don't need to, you don't need to go super crazy. You just need to have a quality turntable that has, um, the basic adjustments mm -hmm. and that includes vertical tracking force that includes some kind of anti-skating um, if the tone arm has like what's known as a removable head shell mm -hmm. that can make it very easy for setup and changing out different carts and replacing carts and doing all that stuff so those are really um, kind of the biggest things um, if you're in like a high dust area um, of your house or just like your general environment then then a dust cover my turntable collects dust like yeah. nothing and i think it's yeah. just the area it's near it's oh, just it's the near area. my records it's near yeah. some books even like, like so it's just like yeah a lot of dust and it's the same thing with me because and like you know vinyl itself and this can kind of talk a little bit you know the vinyl medium itself 
is prone to a tr uh, because it's like a statically charged thing mm -hmm. right that's why all these all these people try to sell you on like anti-static yep, anti-static yep, yep, yep. anti-static everything yeah you're gonna yeah, have everything when, is when you start collecting you're gonna have so much damn uh, plastic and, <laughs> and, and, and mesh and stuff that like you're like what yeah. is this stuff but yeah um I, really quick because yeah. this is super interesting to me because i i kind of did a whole thing about this when i first moved here it was episode maybe 20 something i can't remember but but one of the episodes i did i did a, a direct drive versus a belt drop so i want you to touch yeah. on that really quick before you hop into to, to the next thing um what what are the what are the real pros and cons with with, uh, with belt drive versus direct drive like what are the differences um are there are there any real substantial differences because i see sometimes you have really high end or direct drive or not mm -hmm. belt drive turntables mm -hmm. you have really high-end belt drive turntables mm -hmm. sometimes that can cost upward of more than i'm willing to spend i think you yeah. mentioned um i think you mentioned one on the on the, one of our last episodes together um I, I can't recall the name uh but i think it started by by some uh tech guys or something like that oh the u-turn yeah the u-turn isn't that a belt yeah. drive and that's a really nice that is the belt drive yeah yeah it's yes. a belt drive it's very reasonably priced um you know, just like some basic background knowledge, like so direct drive and belt drive refers to like how exactly is the motor spun, mm -hmm, right? Because mm -hmm. the whole circular motion turntable thing, it's basically all about this motor that drives this platter mm -hmm. in circles and it does it. Um, it's supposed to do it as like, like accurately and as smoothly and to a certain speed specification mm -hmm. as possible um so long story short the direct drive you know you have this magnet structure underneath the platter that like drives the motor directly mm -hmm. right and belt drive is referred to as belt drive because on the belt drive you've got like in the corner mm -hmm. this little a separate belt mechanism the motor is away from all that stuff and it drives the belt which turns the platter and all that stuff so the pros and cons are the direct drive is almost always going to be more speed steady and mm -hmm. speed consistent than the belt drive mm. because of mm. just the nature of the technology gotcha. like um um if you one of the reasons why the techniques turntables became so popular in the first place was through the dj market mm, yeah. um because their requirements for back cueing, for scratching, for they needed the speed consistency yeah. and the ability to just press play and the thing just it starts yeah, yeah. right yes. away. Yep, yep. That you thing know. is that thing is uh, a beast, man. If you're yes. unfamiliar with techniques, it's essentially the the god level um, brand in our in our niche in our hobby. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are a few things that are uh, are slightly above it right but uh yeah. it's essentially like i said it's it's the to me it's the end all be all i can't wait yeah. to get my hands on one mm -hmm. but they cost a lot <laughs> yeah yeah and then you know the belt drives um you know some people just uh they really some people feel like the belt drives offer superior sound mm -hmm. like from an audiophile perspective because the motor yeah, yeah, I've heard this, is yeah. kind of a separate like the actual motor mechanism is a completely separate thing mm -hmm. so like i i think there's some claims that there's actually lower noise levels yeah i've heard that i've um, heard that it's crazy um so that's and 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 like lower distortion figures in that regard but the issue that i get with 
pretty much every belt drive that I've ever listened to is if you listen very closely mm-hmm. on a belt drive, you'll hear like the, especially like on like long piano notes or guitar notes, mm-hmm. you'll hear the yeah. like on, on a poor belt drive, it becomes so obvious, like it's unlistenable. Yeah. But even on a really expensive quality belt drive, every once in a while you hear that you hear so like you almost hear the the pitch bending a little bit. Mm. Um, and sometimes on a quality belt drive, it just might be like a very split second. Yeah. But you know, if you've got really specific tuned musical ears, like I heard this, I heard um, this quote where like classical concert piano players cannot listen to a belt drive turntable Hmm. like a concert classical piano player their musical ear is so tuned and perfected to the actual pitch of music Mm -hmm. and the pitch of instruments Mm -hmm. that when they hear a belt drive turntable it like it destroys the experience for them wow Wow. Because their ears are so tuned, they can hear the little pitch. Or re- the, yeah. It's the actual scientific term is called wow and flutter. Wow which and with, flutter. Yeah. Which with my voice is that it's like a wow, wow, wow. It's like a wow, wow thing. I'm, for those of you out there listening to you, you're like, what is this guy on? What is he trying to do? <laughs> um, I'm trying to simulate the wow, wow effect with my mouth and realizing I'm not doing a very good job. I'm, I'm thinking um, Westerns <laughs> when you say that. The wow, wow, wow. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah. So on, on a belt drive, um, and my first turntable was a belt drive, and mm-hmm. you know at first it like sounded great, and then the more I listened to it, I'd always hear like, why did the piano note just start to bend on me? Like yeah. that's not that's. Or you'd hear like an acoustic guitar, and then the the trail of the acoustic guitar note mm-hmm. it starts to kind of starts to kind of warp and yeah. bend a little bit on the pitch. So some people don't even notice it. So like, oh, those are fine, but. You know, for me, because, you know, I, I went to undergrad, uh, I'm a music educator, I went to undergrad with a with a music degree. Mm-hmm. If you have a very specific, like, musically trained ear, um, you almost can't get a belt drive, I don't yeah. think. You have to yeah. go direct drive purely for the sake of the pitch stability. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I noted very, uh, very early on with my LP60, which is a belt drive turntable, highly recommend for starters for me. Um, that's one of my recommendations to get started in the record game. It gives you enough responsibility for setup and stuff like that. And kind of maybe will get you curious about more setup, right? More customization. Uh, but it's a good starting place. But one of the things that I did notice is that wow and flutter, uh, especially as it aged. I had it for uh, <laughs> almost five years. Yeah. And so I did notice, especially toward the end of its life, that that wow and flutter was there very consistently. And I noted it. I noticed it. I I, I, I want to be honest here. I kind of gave it a pass as, oh, this is just kind of creating a little bit of character for the record. Does it <laughs> does it ruin the record is the yeah. question for, yeah. for for those who may be starting out. And yeah. maybe I don't want anyone to destroy their yeah. records enjoying exactly. wow and flutter. So is it destroying the record with that with that? Wow and no, flutter? not at all. Okay, it's, cool. But like it's it's it, it then comes down to like. Uh, your personal philosophy and your personal level of enjoyment. Gotcha. Um, even for someone that's new to the vinyl thing, mm-hmm. you know, if they're coming into it that they want to hear the music as pure, yeah, as, possible, as pure as possible, this can be a really distracting thing. Gotcha. Um, the wow and flutter from a lower quality belt 
belt drive design. Mm. Um, it, it can be just like, and like we had talked about this before, we don't want people to associate, like we don't want them to hear something weird or bad mm -hmm. and we don't want them to blame the record per se, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of times if you get bad sound, oh, they just, they make a blanket vinyl sucks yeah like i yep. thought you told me vinyl was going to be this life-changing event mm -hmm. and, and i and, got this i got and this it's not people. yeah and it, it, <laughs> it's it's worse yeah, it, yeah. it's worse <laughs> and that's why you know part of this podcast is like you know what are some way like what are some systemic system machine checks and mm. things to look for to ensure that your vinyl experience is as positive as possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I want to jump really quick. I don't know if you're you want to jump or you want to cover anything else with the the quality of the turntable. You know, um, the only other the only other thing that I missed on my notes was like we talked about the feet. Mm -hmm. So on a quality turntable, the feet should be adjustable. Yeah. yeah. Because whatever surface you want to put your turntable on. You're gonna to want to use like a level to make yep. sure that it's like level. That's like a, it's such a basic like thing, but like so many vinyl playback issues occur because people put their turntables on like slanted surfaces, yeah. right? You yeah. know, like the foundations of our apartments and our houses, they're not perfectly level, yep. and the furniture that you put on top of it. And the things that you put on top of this furniture aren't going to be perfectly level. Yeah, yeah. The furniture that you put together, by the yeah. way. We yeah, know exactly. you messed up. We know you have a screw that is undone. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. all the way, it's not all the way yeah. there. So yeah, make sure yeah. those make sure those feet are adjustable. Because yes. I, I have where my record stand is actually um I know that I, I I got my record stand from Turntable Lab. Um you can visit them at turntablelab.com, mm -hmm. I think. They're mm -hmm. great. Um based out of New York. Um, but yeah, I, I got this uh, really nice stand that I just started putting some of my uh, reserve records on, mm -hmm. but it came and it kind of broke on me. So mm -hmm. like I had I had to send an email and get a replaced part. And so I say all this to say that uh, I had to like customize the, the leveling experience so that the actual stand is level, um, mm -hmm. which took a lot of work, by the way. It yes. was not easy to do no. because it came kind of uh, defected. So uh, mm -hmm. just uh, like, I, like Ryan said, like, hey, like, make sure that you have those adjustable feet because mm -hmm. that you're, the, whatever you're putting your, your turntable on, it, it, it can be imperfect. imperfect. Yes. It. Yes. And like we said, it goes back to that whole car kind of thing, um, you know, on a car, you want your tires like perfectly bad. You want them balanced. Mm -hmm. Like when you bring your car for oil change or repair, you know, get your tires checked, make sure they have enough tread on them, mm -hmm. make sure that they're balanced left to right, front to rear. And it, because, you know, it's from a safety perspective. So the same thing with the turntable, just to make sure that it actually plays back without, like without skips, without mm -hmm. looping mm -hmm. itself. Um, it needs to be on a kind of a level kind of surface. So a turntable that has adjustable leveling feet. Um, and like you had added, um, if you have some kind of record stand um, or like a dedicated piece of furniture that is meant to hold some records and your record player, um, like mine has some, the, the stand itself has some leveling feet yeah, on it same. too. Yeah. So if you can level the record stand, and then make sure that the turntable is level on top of the stand. Um, that's like a Perfect. really 
that's like that's like a huge step to ensuring that you're getting optimized playback. I think the only other thing I want to say about in in this category mm -hmm. is um depending upon your setup, if your turntable is in the relative is in close proximity to your speakers and you have some speakers that are producing some significant bass, mm -hmm. um that can be an issue. Mm. Um, and it's just it's it's something just so some like one of the reasons why I like techniques and I have a techniques and people go for designs like techniques mm -hmm. is that the way that they're designed, they are so robust that the things just don't skip. So me and my buddies in high school, we were actually DJs in high school. Mm -hmm. um, we had our own little DJ crew. And I'm calling you we, DJ Ryan now, by the way. <laughs> DJ Ryan C on the beat. <laughs> um, random story. So my username that you'll find online on the line of online forums is Rexstar24. That's like my go-to username. Gotcha. I think I don't think I use that on my Insta. I think I I think I've grown up to actually use my actual adult given name yeah, yeah. Um, on my Insta. But a lot if you see Rexstar24. So REC are my initials, Ryan Escobar Claren, mm -hmm. uh, Star 24. Um, that was like my DJ name. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. it just, I kind of just carried it over. But so um, we, we use, you know, like many DJs, we used two techniques in the mixer and we had yep, all the yep, gear. Yep. But the reason why DJs use techniques is because when you're performing in a club or party like environment, mm -hmm. um, you've got these big speakers that are relatively close to your DJ booth, to your mm -hmm. mixing booth and the, the pounding bass and the mm -hmm. techniques, they, they, they don't skip. Um, me, I, I remember one of my, that. I remember one of my buddies, he sometimes like he would be DJing and he would just be angry with himself. Cause like he would miss a cut or a transition mm -hmm. and he would always have this bad habit. He would like punch the 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 not the not the turntable but like the bass mm -hmm. like he like darn it i missed the cue and he would just bang the table and the thing never skipped that's crazy that is crazy. <laughs> even i'm like dude calm down we're, we're trying to we're trying to spin this you're just like oh, i missed the cut it's like don't hit the darn table just keep going kind of thing but that's know? really that's really cool to know because for a person like me who's not in the dj and word my father was a d or is a dj um and but that's about it and i mean he's not like a well, he is a scratching dj but like mm -hmm. i never knew that i never knew that techniques was so elite due to this type of thing which makes yes. complete sense honestly yes uh, that, and there's a lot of like which we're not going to get into because it's too much but there's a lot of like <laughs> scientific physical engineering that went into the design of those technique sets mm. that prevents them that basically makes them like shock resistant um vibration resistant like external from external vibrations mm -hmm. um and typically the direct drives um they offer typically the direct drives do offer a little bit more robustness mm -hmm. in terms of like resisting feedback and resisting um but there's there's quality belt drive designs out there that they've spent all they spent some time engineering into the actual construction um it's just something to note where if you're setting up your record player and it's in close proximity to like speakers and you've got also a subwoofer nearby mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so all of that bass and then you're like you're playing the record and it's like skipping on you and the needles jumping on you yeah, yeah. then that's a it's a telltale sign um outside of like getting a new turntable one of the cheapest fixes is like going to ikea 
and ikea sells these like bamboo butcher blocks mm -hmm. which is basically just like this piece of wood it's a, it's a it's a butcher block but a lot of people will use that as a base underneath their turntable mm -hmm. which actually does help minimize some of the external vibrations and feedback from the environment just to making sure that the turntable is can even just operate you know smoothly. that's crazy i'm learning man i'm learning and so i want to hop to the cart yeah now, what should we be looking for in a quality cart yeah for sure and what um, is a cart for those who may yeah, not know so you know you so we've just kind of broken down like the turntable and what exactly you know some of the basic things about a turntable and turntable design and turntable operation so at the very end of the tone arm is what we refer to as the cartridge the cartridge is that small little block thingy with the very tiny diamond needle super uh, tiny. at the very super tiny and microscope yeah or something yeah and you know the cartridge like the cartridge is basically like um i guess you can think of it there's a couple different ways if you think of it you can think of it as the brain of your your system or setup it's the actual thing making contact with the record and the groove and is responsible for retrieving the information off of your record so it's for such a tiny thing um it's just so important <laughs> yeah. it's like it's yeah. like one of these things where it's like this little tiny thing is basic it's it's like it's the brain it's the heartbeat yeah, yeah. it is like the central nervous system essentially yeah. of of your of your whole um vinyl setup this and to thing, start yeah. and to start yeah and to start out this conversation um a lot of turntables that you buy nowadays they come with a cart already on it mm -hmm. more often than not those carts that come on it sometimes can are not quality carts okay. sometimes those carts are just kind of like thrown in there just to kind of get the buyer to kind of get started mm -hmm. and to kind of include something um but more often than not the cartridge that's already included in these setups um may not be of like the highest quality mm. um it may be good enough to like function properly yeah, yeah. um but at some point in time you're you're most likely going to want to replace that cart with something else now, because of my eagerness, when I first got my yes. LP120, my mm -hmm. eagerness, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the the best cart that I can buy. And so mm -hmm. I went and bought a new head show cart, all that stuff. Uh -huh. And it is a Orophon. Uh, sorry, yes. I almost blanked on a name. Yeah. Um, and so are you saying that with the LP120 that that OG head show and cart is it the best or are you just saying that it's it's i mean because i've heard people say that that thing works perfectly for them so yeah and, it, and i'm not yeah. i'm not familiar with the actual cart itself I um just the cart yeah is. just my experience tells me more often than not when companies do include um um it's usually like the baseline bottom of line series of that gotcha. particular like gotcha. um and yeah, you, like like you picked up on, there's a couple of cartridge manufacturers that have been doing this for such a long time. They have a very good reputation. So mm -hmm. like Ortofon is one of mm -hmm. them. Audio Technica is one of them. Mm -hmm. Sure, uh, Sure, S H U R E was like one of the original manufacturers for like cartridge and stylus development. So typically, um, if you see something within like those reputable companies, mm -hmm. like you know that they're they're pretty that it's going to be quality enough to get you started um but when you do get to that place where when you want to start looking 
for a different cartridge to kind of like optimize your experience, upgrade your experience, level up your experience. Um, some of the things to look, you know, one of the biggest things that a cartridge will advertise is the stylus. So the mm -hmm. stylus is the actual, the name that we refer to like the diamond. Mm -hmm. And the diamond um, has a very, has a shape to it. Like you actually have to carve this diamond in a certain like shape yeah. in order for it to do its job uh riding the, the groove and more the more accurate that you can ride the groove of the record the 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 more information you get and the more sound you get i've seen some really interesting visuals by the way on the web yes. about how that yes. works and if if you you should do yourself a favor and, and look at that yourself um anyone who's listening um because it's super interesting and it kind of makes you a little bit afraid of a turntable and, and messing stuff up because if you're if your uh stylus isn't tip top mm -hmm. if your setup isn't tip top you can see the visuals and in, in these uh in these remakes mm -hmm. and stuff of, of the record or the the stylist riding the record improperly and yes. jumping in and out of the grooves yeah. scratching the grooves mm -hmm. all types of weird stuff yeah. so so yeah and it's very important and and to add to this your your the kind of records that you're buying and listening to does kind of influence the kind of cartridge and stylus you want to use mm -hmm. so let me explain that like so the most basic stylus shape is referred to as a conical c-o-n-i-c-a-l uh this is going to be your most basic diamond shape that traditionally doesn't give you the best sound mm -hmm. but what we have found is because the diamond itself is kind of fatter and not as like advanced a shape a lot of times it can play better on poorer records <laughs> interesting so if you're nice. someone that's like buying a lot of like used records dusty yeah in not the best of shape and that's like that's your primary thing that you're listening to mm -hmm. um tip like if you were to get a more advanced stylus mm -hmm. it would actually make your listening experience worse because it would just show you how mm. poor quality those records are mm. interesting. Is, is basically what it is um a step up from the conical is what's referred to as the elliptical shape. So the elliptical is taking that base conical diamond and carving it and shaping it to be a little bit more refined to where you're going to get better sound. Um, there's this thing called a trackability. You can actually measure how well a diamond and a stylus like is able to track the groove. Mm -hmm. So a higher trackability number is better. So most people, you know, are using out there are using some kind of elliptical shape because it gives you improved sound but the price isn't super crazy where it, it goes nice. into like all that stuff and then like the next level up falls into a category of what we call advanced stylus shapes so an advanced stylus shape is a diamond that has been carved and shaped to basically extract the most amount of information from your record groove that is physically possible and offers a very high level of trackability so wow. the thing most likely will never skip as long as you make sure things are level and i'm playing back mm -hmm. and that's that's what i use so mm -hmm. the cartridge that i use uses a, a stylus shape referred to as micro line so basically a micro line is like the trademark name for the specific diamond shape 
that this mm-hmm. company has made uh, based out in Japan. And they basically sell these diamonds, the actual, the very teeny tiny diamond, they'll sell it to like cartridge manufacturers and then they'll use it on their, on their cartridge, you know, yeah, they'll yeah. use just their diamond. Um, and it's like, it's a very advanced shape, but some companies out there, because like, um, I always recommend Audio Technica for a lot of beginners. Yeah. Because Audio, yeah, Audio Technica, they've got some kind of relationship with a lot of these like Japanese advanced um, stylus mm-hmm. uh, diamond makers um, that they're able to offer these advanced shapes at some of the lowest costs that I've seen out there. Mm, interesting. So like you, the most basic Audio Technica cart using this um micro line advanced stylus mm-hmm. i think i checked retail was like maybe 170 dollars um Not which is it's, it's a consi- yeah which is still an investment but compared to what some other companies charge for their micro advanced um stylus cartridges um is like some of these things get into the thousands of dollars yeah yeah and, and 170 then, is my my first setup my first real setup yes. with the lp60 the speakers yeah. the amp all that stuff that ran me about 170 yeah 200 total yes. so like that's what you're talking about the, the type of quality that you can get for just that little bit of money that's great yes yeah. and i know like for someone that's new to this like they're gonna look at this little kind of cartridge and be like wow i that it costs that much yeah and unfortunately the nature of the game it yeah. <laughs> it kind of does because that's that's the brain that's the heartbeat that's the central nervous it's, system it's just very important when i bought my order fund i i was very i was very um perplexed is i guess the best way to say it because uh, here's this little thing that is not it, it can literally it's uh it's a drop in your hand essentially yeah. And it ran me about $150. And I was just like, <laughs> what the hell, man? Like, what did I just buy? I just buy a piece of gold or something? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. it's super important. I think it's yeah. uh, been a huge improvement on my turntable. I I, I mean, I'm yes. not a, I'm half, of, oh, yeah. I'm half of an audiophile. So I'm like, yeah. like part and part of what you guys are. But like, I, I think, I, I think it's exactly where I need to be right now. Yeah, on my journey. exactly. So. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of debate within audiophile circles, like what exactly is more important? Is the turntable important? Mm-hmm. More important? Like, can you get by with a really quality turntable and like a lower quality cart? Or yep. is the cartridge more important? Like, can you can you divert your funds to maximizing your cartridge mm-hmm. and then you don't need as quality of a turntable? Um, unfortunately, you kind of want both those pieces to play mm, into each other. Like so many things in the audiophile circle, like yeah. there's like it's like what's more important, yeah, like not the turntable or the yeah. cart? And the answer is like yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like you need yes. those two pieces. They need to. They need to. You Sync know, it's up. like if the cartridge and the stylus is the brain, the heart, the nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, the turntable is, is the body. Yeah, which is super right. important, right? And and just like with us, you have to think of it like holistically as like everything is playing because vinyl playback is a mechanical element. Mm-hmm. Everything is connected to each other. Everything is, it all plays into everything each other. Matters, yeah. yeah, everything does yeah, matter. So I was going to ask like, 
I was going to ask that question, like, what would you recommend for a new startup? But you just, you answered it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I haven't, Ordafon is great. Um, but I think just based on like distribution and logistical costs, mm -hmm. um, Ordafon carts typically run a little bit more expensive because I think, I think, I believe Ordafon is somewhere in Europe. Uh, you yeah, have to check on this. It might be either Germany, I like I think, Austria, I think it, or Germany, yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Like yeah. that. Um, but just the Nate Audio Technica being primarily based in Japan with mm -hmm. U.S. distribution, and many of the the stylus manufacturers that actually manufacture the stylus, the diamonds, mm -hmm. since they're also based in Japan, I just someone on the forums because I had I had posted this question. I'm just like, how is Audio Technica? able to offer these carts at such a low price like i was looking through their cartridge line i'm like mm -hmm. this this it should be this much yeah, but yeah. it's not and then someone had just like informed me because of their connections and their distribution i think they're based out of japan right or founded yes. in japan or yes like yeah. because of their logistics and their distribution they're just they're able to offer quality carts at a price point that many other companies just can't they can't offer that's awesome that's yeah. awesome I mean, Audio Technica. I think they've they've made their mark in this in this game, and I'm mm -hmm. a huge supporter of theirs. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I'll try to stay. And I mean, obviously, I said I, the techniques is 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 my is my ultimate level, right? But like, as long as I'm you know, you know, mushing around in this nonprofit world, I think I'll own a Audio Technica essentially. Yeah. So exactly, <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So yeah, Audio Technica just their whole range of you know turntables and and cartridges like they've they've got a full like integrated product line um that i think for someone new to the game can make it very easy to follow and find what fits your budget um and more likely than not will lead you down a pretty successful path of good musical enjoyment this is sure to help somebody um in their adventures of setup and and what which turntable to choose and and how to set up your turntable properly and and which cart to go about because all of this stuff again going back to my earlier comments about community it's a part of i think the the welcome into our community right like you mm -hmm. you have to there they're just certain places and and at certain times where you're going to want to be a part of of what what we're talking about this this mm -hmm upgrading your system because uh, no matter where you get in that if you get in at the the lps 120 or if you get in at the the little crosleys right like it, when you get into this you, i can almost guarantee you you're or you're going to at some point want to level up no and then you know just the final note before we transition into your into your next topic okay um i think you know the one thing that i'll say to everyone out there is regardless of experience just know that vinyl playback requires some setup and requires some maintenance yes. Yes. like you have to you're you, you are opting in to an experience of setup and maintenance yeah. if you want to go down the route of vinyl playback and continue using vinyl as a source for musical enjoyment and um if you're not if you don't have the energy to do that then then you should probably stick in the digital the, 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 yeah <laughs> yeah I, and i was just going to tell another personal story because that that's something I'm still learning, especially that maintenance part, right? Setup is fun. Setup is cool. But that maintenance piece is just as important. Cleaning records, mm -hmm. making sure your stylus is tip top, um, mm -hmm. making sure that you have uh, 
and making sure that everything's level and set up mm -hmm. very nicely. And one of the things that I've made a note of doing is after so many plays, playbacks of a record, what I mm -hmm. will do is I will make sure that the the tracking, the tracking force and the, um, mm -hmm. what is it? Um, the 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 weight of the the needle that, that mm -hmm. drops on the record. I will I will go and recalibrate that after yes. so many listens. That's because, actually really yeah. that's actually very important. Yeah. Um, just that every so once in a while, be once a month or once mm -hmm. every other month or what you know. But like a once a month check, um, take out your your vertical track your your scale your balance scale and, yeah. Like, yep. I don't know why. And, I couldn't and, think of it. And and just you know checking all that stuff and and typically like on a quality turntable it's it's like rock solid mm -hmm. um but just like the nature of the environment and yeah, the nature of time yeah. and these are things that are like you know these are very tiny forces that are controlled by like gears and such and mm -hmm. that's just natural for things to kind of fluctuate up and down over a period of time um so like what you just said just checking on your setup mm -hmm. every so often it's just is 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 awesome yeah yeah and so with that i'm gonna take a quick break ryan and yeah, I'm, man. Gonna, I'm gonna run to the restroom but when we get back a few more questions about the turntable setup um and then we're gonna get into some more records before we head out yeah so yeah, yeah awesome. for sure all right <laughs> 